This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A Facebook profile named Papa Roger going crazy on the internet. Many believe that Papa Roger is Brian Koberger, including a retired FBI agent. I thought it would be interesting to show two aspects of this profile in today's video. Number one, show the post that this profile made throughout the investigation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before Brian's arrest and after the murders. And also match those posts with the timeline to show the aha moments and the oh crap, his pants moments by Brian. If it's in fact him. Second, we're going to look at his profile and his name and show you what I see in that. There's some interesting parallels that may be worth looking into. So now, let's get into it. Papa Rogers started posting in a group in November 2022, two weeks after the murders. Here's what was happening at this point in the investigation. According to the probable cause documents, Brian did a few treks. He traveled south of Pullman where he lives and turned off his phone for a period of time. He went back to the scene of the crime. He also had a routine doctor's appointment. It was reported and the autopsies were conducted on November 17th, just 13 days before this post. Brian also changed his license plates from Pennsylvania to Washington, and he also celebrated his 28th birthday and wished a friend via text happy Thanksgiving to him and his family. And this was a five-day break when he did that from school because of Thanksgiving. Now, Wednesday, November 30th, this is the day he starts posting, Papa Roger starts posting, and the authorities on this same day released a list of people who they believe aren't involved in the murders. They publicly ruled out the two surviving roommates, the male in the grub truck surveillance video, a private party driver who drove Kaylee and Maddie home that night, and Jack, who Kaylee and Maddie had called numerous times before they were murdered and also any individual who was at the house when they called 911. The candlelight vigil was also held on this day and that's when we heard Kaylee's dad, Steve, mention that Kaylee and Maddie were found in the same bed together. This was also the due date that Brian's plates were expired and he had already changed them over. Now let's get to the posts. On November 30th, Papa Roger states, of the evidence released, the murder weapon has been consistent as a large fixed blade knife. This leads me to believe they found the sheath. This evidence was released prior to autopsies. Now we heard in the probable cause affidavit that there was a sheath that was found. Here's what's interesting. He says this evidence was released prior to the autopsies, which as I mentioned, the autopsies were conducted on the 17th, 10 days before this post. The authorities mentioned the fixed blade knife. However, there was no mention of the sheath up until this point. 
So this wasn't a public fact, obviously, and not known to many. So how did this person know? Also the line where he says, this leads me to believe they found the sheath. This actually contradicts himself in the same statement. When he says this evidence was released prior to autopsies, making it sound like fact, right? But not a fact when he says this leads me to believe they found the sheath. Do you see what I'm saying? So I think, in my opinion, that this post is a big one. This is the initial, you know, wham, bam, let's put it out there and drop the bomb. You'll see throughout these posts what I mean, that he kind of likes to poke the bear, this Papa Roger, a little bit. He wants people to talk and to acknowledge, you know, how smart this was or how risky or how prepared this was, so to speak. So I do believe this is a, a big intro for him and he's going to go big with the message. Next one. I believe the killer, killers came from the high side of the house. They were covered in blood after the attack. Now there's two things that I think about in this post. The high side of the house is the back of the house where the sliding glass door is. We know that, you know, that's where we learn where the killer actually entered and exited. Remember when Brian got arrested and the first thing he said was, was there anybody else arrested? And he's using they here, possibly setting up his plan maybe for his defense. Next, where he says they were covered in blood after the attack. That's not a mystery. An expert saying the same thing and that much, uh, you know, amount of people dying and being killed and amount of, there's going to be a lot of blood. But one thing I do wonder, according to DM, the surviving roommate, she was a witness and saw the killer with bushy eyebrows. She saw him all in black, which I started thinking, wouldn't she see him covered all in blood? Or was it because it's too dark that she just saw him all in black? I'm curious about that. From the probable cause affidavit, it says, DM stated she opened her door for the third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her. DM described the figure as 5'10 or taller, male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. Now I had some more thoughts about this black clothing. In my earlier videos before all this uh, probable cause affidavit came out, I talked about picturing the murderer maybe wearing a hazmat suit. And then we find out Brian is charged with these crimes and he's a student in criminology. So yesterday I was thinking, well, is there such thing as a black hazmat suit? And I looked it up and yes, there is, which would pretty much cover everything up except his eyes, right? And he could wear a mask unless you could bring that up. Let me know what you think below on that. Here's what is also something that leads me to believe he wore something. One, there's a post further in this video that you'll see, but also let's go back to the sheath because the sheath was left behind, which is a head scratcher to me. Why isn't it on his belt, right? But then I thought, because there's no belt there to put it on. He has coveralls, hazmat suits, something, however that would be. And that's also why I think authorities had a heck of a time seeing a bunch of evidence outside that house and blood walking out of there. Also, there's a post, like I said later in this video, that's going to reinforce this theory. But let's talk about the next day, December 1st. It says, this is on the high side of the house. They found evidence here. It is likely blood dripping from the killer killers. Either they fled through this area or they parked there. This being the most strategic entrance points to the house, it shows planning. Now he's bringing up 
the high side of the house again, more blood dripping. And he only had six comments on the last post as of the time of uh, these screenshots and felt the need to repost. And now he mentions planning and strategy and the spot where he parked. Now, if we look at the probable cause affidavit and what they said, the vehicle was traveling on Queen Road, which puts that right at the back of this house. Let's go the next day now on December 2nd. There's another post and it says, did the killer or killers drive or walk to and from the scene? Thoughts, again, kind of like a provoking. And he continues this methodically, right? Step by step. He talks about the area from the day before, not a random thought, he left off on that thought and continues on. He says, did the killer or killers, again, bringing the idea of two, drive or walk to and from the scene? Now, this would be a few days after the vigil happened. I'm curious though, because news travels fast about this and people were talking about how Kaylee and Maddie were found in the be same bed, but there's no mention here yet. And so I'm setting this up because on December 5th, three days later, Papa posts about Zana. He says, based on the evidence, this is where I believe Zana was found. And it shows where we saw the blood dripping from the house. And now there's a floor plan. I'm curious where the floor plan actually is from. If you know that, please let me know below. Or if this is something that Papa Rogers already had and no one else had that at this point. That would be very curious to know. He also knows where Zana's room is. Now, note, why only her on this date is he posting? Is it because the blood dripping that was reported or what? Also, why only Zana mentioning on here? Why not Ethan? If Ethan was staying over, which we know he was and he got killed, why only Zana being posted on here? Investigators describe that scene as horrific. We know that. In the PCA docs, it states that Zana was seen as the officer approached the bathroom door and she can be seen to the bedroom. So was that Zana or was that Ethan? That's pretty specific. Not to mention here uh, the buzz of the girls being found this five days after Steve announces it. So he doesn't say anything still. It's just about Zana. Now, two days after another post happens and the authorities announce about the 2011 to 2013 white Hyundai Elantra that they were looking for. And they believe that this person has critical information. That same day, Papa Roger does a screenshot from Google Trends. Now, what's interesting about this is he brings this back to the house now. He suggests that the house was looked at since August. Now, in the PCA docs, we know that the authorities were searching Brian's cell phone and his pings since June, and that's when he got his phone. He also stalked the victims 12 times since then, and he was in the area around that house. So we know that Brian was stalking his victims, and we know he started his school in August, and we know that he was also pulled over in August by authorities the day before school started. So it's interesting to me that this person, Papa Roger, posts from August to then. Now I did a search thinking, well, maybe there was no searches before that, but when I go and search, there was searches from June as well. Interesting. Now the next day on December 8th, it was a busy, busy, busy day for Papa Roger. And remember, this is the day after the announcement of this white vehicle. He posts thoughts on this body placement and we can see he has Zana now and Ethan. So he's building it in succession. This one actually throws me for a loop. According to the PCA documents, Ethan was found in the bedroom too. So if this Papa Roger was or is 
Brian Koberger, did Ethan end up back in the bedroom and the killer didn't know it? Or is this throw someone for a loop and see what the comments come up with? I'm just curious, why speculate randomly on where Ethan was found. This is a little bit odd to me. Let me know your thoughts. Same day, he's going back to Google Trends. It says, Google Trends show the search history for the house by date. Lots of Thursday activity. What do we think? Now he's referring to November 10th, right before the murders. The truth is in the details though. Look closely again here. He's still going back to August 1st, and then he wants us to look at Thursday. Why is that? The same day he says, did the killer stop at four victims out of exhaustion, convenience, or lack of knowledge? People were already swirling with the chitter chatter, of course, with the two surviving roommates who were spared. In the PCA, it talked about DM seeing the killer, like I mentioned, and they found a latent shoe print as well. Why do you think the reason is that he put this up? How would you respond to this post? And this is the one that's very interesting to me. Here's the crap your pants moment. He says, I feel like the white car isn't relevant. Now the car was just announced the day before, right? He's asking interesting questions up until this point, provoking thoughts, you know, answers, all these questions. And then out of nowhere, it's this, oh crap, the car isn't relevant, I feel but we do know just how relevant this car is. Next post, why the killer choose a knife as the weapon of choice? Now the sentence structure is a little off, it's not proper, just observation. He forgot the word did. Why did the killer choose a knife as the weapon of choice? Is it because he's still crapping himself from the Elantra post, right? Now later on this video, I'm gonna show you what I think about him choosing the knife he did. I think that is strategic and it was thought out, and I'm gonna show you why at the end of this video. Next post, why did the killer choose the house over all the others in the area? Again, in my opinion, this is more strategy. He's hinting that this was on purpose, prompting others to answer it, curious, you know. It's like dupers, I think. Remember the Google Trends chart too, right? He's circling back and he's he wants to talk about the house. Next, why do we think the dog was spared? Now notice there's no other questions about the roommates. It's just the dog. Why not? Why do we think that the two roommates were spared? Let me know what you think. Next, in your opinion, did the killer shower at the crime scene afterward? Now this is where I want to tie some more things in here. The killer would be covered in blood, we know that. I don't believe that the killer would have showered, do you? But yet he's asking that. And you know why I think he's asking that? Because there's no evidence outside. Little, I should say, not no, but there's little evidence. It's not like a huge blood trail like it should have been. So he probably wants to, you know, act the smarty pants and ask people like, why do you think this? So do you think that the, sh the killer showered then? Or maybe he wants to goad people and bring up the hazmat suit or something along that lines. What do you think about this pr thought process? Let me know below. And it also ties in with his Reddit survey. He says, before leaving, is there anything else you did? And how did you leave the scene? Next post, same day. What do we think is the entrance point to the crime scene? Now the next day after that, this is the last day of classes. It goes silent for another day, but on December 10th, he says, four weeks in and no suspects. What is the motive? This is the first time we hear him introduce motive. Remember though, the list of people at this point was ruled out by authorities posted publicly 
and we also have this car announcement so far. The next day on December 11th, he posts, do we think the killer took anything from the house? Now this ties back to his Reddit survey. He asks, before leaving, is there anything else you did? How did you leave the scene? And according to statistics and crime experts, there was a criminology expert that said trophies are a sign of serial killers' belief they won't get caught. He says it's not uncommon for serial killers to collect trophies holding something back from victims. It's part of the psychopath's overconfidence, the belief they can fool everyone through manipulation or charm. Next post the same day. How long do we think the killer was in the house? Now, there was a comment about Papa Roger saying it was 15 minutes, which according to the timeline and the probable cause affidavit, he'd be correct. How would he know that at this point? The authorities said actually initially that it was between three and four o'clock. I think it might even been three and five o'clock in the very, very initial stages. So for him to say 15 minutes and it actually was, uh, 14 minutes or whatever it was um, is very interesting to me or 16 minutes from the time Zana got her DoorDash delivery and then by the time they figure he left. I do think there's a thrill in this because how'd he know? Next, same day. Why was a knife the weapon of choice? So he's circling back again. He wants to push that going, mm, let's talk about the weapon again. It is that it was on purpose. I do think it was meaningful to him. There's a reason in the strategy why he chose it. Next day, December 12th, this is exam day. According to the calendar of Washington State University, it was from the 12th to the 16th. Only here's where it got interesting. I talked about it in my last video that I did a timeline. He left after the 12th. On the 13th, he was spotted in Loma, Colorado with his dad driving, uh, but Exams are from the 12th to the 16th, so I had wondered, was it just on the 12th that he had exams and then he left? But the same day on this December 12th, there was an article that was posted early, early in the morning about a gas station worker finding the Hyundai Elantra, finding a white car that matched the Hyundai Elantra speeding by at 3.45 a.m. And the same day on this December 12th, he posts, what do we think is the height and weight of the killer? Now this is a very random thought if you think about it. Who would be able to guess the height and weight knowing what we know at this point in the investigation? We wouldn't. We wouldn't even know from DM who said the perpetrator was, you know, five foot 10 or taller. We would know none of this. So this is a very curious post and he may or may not know that he was seen at the scene of the crime. It doesn't say that, just saw that DM saw him. So it's unclear if he actually saw her and did he spare her? So now I think, in my opinion, he wants to push things. It's been pretty much a month now and no movement. He's even said four weeks now, no one, no suspect. Let's amp it up and talk about the killer and the details. How would we even start on the height and weight? Same day, is the killer still in Moscow, Idaho right now? Again, wants to push the envelope about the killer. So I wonder, did Brian go back to this scene again since it was on the eve of the one month mark? This is the 12th and it's exam day. So maybe he finished earlier and has nothing to do. But like I said, he oddly left the day after with his dad to head to Pennsylvania. Did he only have one those exams what that first day? If you're watching and you're actually going to Washington State University and you were in the same program with him, let me know. Or you can email me at it's a crime to shame at gmail.com. I'd be very grateful. Next day, December 13th, this is where he's traveling through Colorado with his dad. And he took the long way home as he likes to do. 
According to the probable cause affidavits, I did a couple videos on this, he likes to do the long route. And here we are, he's doing it again. He drove an extra seven hours going this way. I did hear that there was a snowstorm in the Dakotas, so perhaps that's why he avoided it, but this is still interesting to me. I wanna know why. Why I also bring this up is he did make an extraordinary amount of posts on this day. So I wonder, did his dad share in the driving? I would think he did, but there's a lot of posts. There's six of them. Number one, he says, how did the killer leave the scene? Did clean up at all? He didn't finish his wording here again. Did clean up at all. Um, but now he's referring to the killer, not plural anymore, but singular, and chooses not to use the word they, just did clean up at all, leaving out he. How did he not leave? A trail of blood, right? Interestingly, let's connect it to the survey. And the survey says, literally, how did you leave the scene? I have the complete survey in a different video. I'll have that in the list in the description box below, or you can just go to my playlist. Next post, not a new post for me, but still very relevant. How long was the killer in the house? You see how he's pushing this? This makes me to believe it is Brian. He needs to circle back and poke the bear because he'd be proud of that. Think of that, 15 minutes, four people in 15 minutes. He'd be proud of that fact. A killer would, you know, it didn't take very long. Look at him go. Next post, one knife and four people. The killer took a big risk. The knife could have easily broken off or become ineffective after one or two murders. Are we sure there's only one knife involved? Now remember, the sheath was left there. And big risk, that wording is a pat on the back from him, right? Just like the minutes, the killer took a big risk and easily broke off or became ineffective. The knife he chose was actually a very popular knife. It was a strong knife and it's also part of what the military uses. I guess it's a, a very popular, well-respected knife. And also he's raising doubt here now. Okay, are we sure there was only one knife? Next, now he's crapping himself again. The white car is a red herring. Now remember, the day before is the article that came out and the gas station attendant. Just like the day before the last post he made on the car about not being relevant was when the authorities announced. So the announcement and then the crap your pants moment. And then again here, the announcement, now the crap your pants, the white car is a red herring. So this is more reason to believe that it's him. Next post, if the door was left open or the heat wasn't on, are we sure of the timeline of deaths? It was 28 degrees and overcast the night of the murders. Now the public timeline at this point was confusing because authorities said it was between three and 4 a.m. He's alluding to that, that this may be wrong. What he means by colder was if it was colder, it would have preserved the bodies more based on rigor mortis and all that. So the estimation time of deaths would be a little bit longer. So he knows that the timeline is off because it was between four o'clock and 4.20. Next one, same day, fight me. Law enforcement is no closer to solving this than they were 30 days ago. So this is the exact one month date, which is this, the date that he's peppering these posts. So to me, this is like a cocky post. And this is right before he's actually pulled over by authorities, not once, but twice on the highway. December 14th, no posts at all. And this is when they'd be traveling from Loma, Colorado to Indiana, right before he gets pulled over. December 15th is Indiana pullover day. He posts, the killer has a sexual dysfunction, thoughts, question mark. He's pulled over this morning, and I'd love to know the timeline on this post. Would it line up? And there was talk about incel talk very, very beginning. 
It said, um, there was a quote that says, Indeed, the killer could be an incel who saw Kaylee and Madison as Stacy's, the name incels give to girls who they believe would look down on them and refuse to date or have sex with them. I feel like since the sheath was left beside Maddie that it has something to do with Maddie. I had heard and read yesterday that Brian actually messaged one of the girls several times, and we don't know who, though. As of the time of this recording, we didn't hear who it was, just that it was one of the girls that he kept repeatedly messaging. I'm going to put my bets on Maddie. Who do you think? Let me know. So December 15th post, day 32 and no motive, same as day one. Again, poke the bear. And when he was pulled over that morning, there was no consequences given, not a ticket, nothing. And he was pulled over twice. So I think this would pump his tires up, so to speak. Same day, any known internet suspect has been eliminated at this point fight me. This is the piggyback not to getting caught. The date of the killing was chosen on purpose thoughts. I do believe it was. And like the house that was chosen on purpose, the date was also on purpose. And I'm working through that and hopefully I'll get a video out on that. But first, of course, I want to get through these posts and also get to his profile and then perhaps you can help me connect some things. December 16th, this is the day after being pulled over by the authorities, the car goes into a garage in Indiana, not yet in Pennsylvania. He gets to Pennsylvania in, on the 17th, which has me curious. Did he change tires? Did he get an oil change? What the heck happened at this garage? We haven't heard what that is. I am so curious to know. December 17th, he arrived in Pennsylvania. Now there was nothing for a few days, but on December 20th, he posts, did the killer drive, walk, or some combo of both to the scene? So he's already been addressing this before, but now he's safe in Pennsylvania. And he's about to celebrate Christmas with his family while the victims didn't get that opportunity. Same day, day 37, do we think law enforcement has a motive? Motive again. Same day, a knife is a very risky weapon if you know you are going to murder four people. Do we think the killer also had another weapon, such as a stun gun or other knife? Or did they not know what they would encounter? He's back to the weapon again, using the word risky again. Remember earlier when he said, are we sure there wasn't another knife? And remember the sheath is left. Perhaps now he's bringing up a diversion. Maybe he used the knife and another one and that's why the sheath was left. Maybe the sheath was left on purpose. And did he use something else like a stun gun? That's that's another curious thing to know. And it's interesting this last line, or did they not know what they would encounter. They meaning the killer and wouldn't say he. December 20th, same day. Ethan didn't live at the crime scene. Very possible the killer didn't know he was there. Thoughts? Well, I want to know, did Ethan stay often at Xana's? And we know Brian had stalked these guys for quite some time. So was this Ethan's first time there? Or was it, you know, like a sporadic thing? He didn't stay often there? I'm curious to know that. Next day, December 21st. Can someone post actual evidence showing where the bodies were found? How can anyone post evidence on this? It feels like to me that this is actually a rhetorical question like, he can. December 21st, same day. Regardless of what has been released, I believe this is a sexually motivated crime. It may be sexually motivated, but they weren't sexually violated according to the authorities of what we heard. So who was it that he was actually after? Or why was it that he was actually after them? Was he turned down? Was he triggered? Like I said, I just got that news now that uh, one of them was messaged quite, quite a lot. But he does bring up motive quite a few times. Next one, I know this won't be popular, but this is where I think the victims were found. 
Now here he is posting again all four. So he did it in succession. First Zana, then Ethan, now the girls. He doesn't get very many comments from previous posts. And so he posts this is what I think. But I want to know where he's getting that Ethan was in the living room and the specific spot. I know he's showing some of the window stuff, but still, uh, I don't know. December 22nd, day 39. The killer is not in the victim's immediate circle. We actually know that this is a fact now that the killer isn't, as we know. The killer is not a student. Thoughts? Now in the body cam footage, I find this fascinating. When Brian and his dad were pulled over in Indiana, Brian didn't really identify himself as a university student. He did say he worked there at the university at Washington State. And this would be the reverse kind of a post, right? Just like the red herring car and the car not relevant. Killer's not a student, thoughts? Oh yes, the killer is a student. So there's the timeline, but now I wanna shift to his profile picture because there's some interesting things here. This ties into his posts, his strategy, and his dupers. In his profile pic, it's my understanding that this is an app-generated picture. His uniform is very interesting. When I do a search on it, it's a Russian uniform. I identified that through the hat. But what's very interesting is what is in Russia Moscow is in Russia, right? But this is Moscow. Very clever. If we take it a step further, he's wearing a military uniform. And the murder weapon that was used was also used in the military and is used in the military and is a highly regarded weapon. And so I feel like that's also a nod to that. It ties in. And the weekend that the murders happened just happened to be right after Veterans Day. Now let's switch to his actual name. Papa Roger. The name itself is curious, right? First, this is how I view it. Papa is spelt with two P's, which is curious, and Roger with a D. Not Rogers, just Roger. So I had wondered why he chose that name, and I was thinking about the military uniform, the military weapon, the weekend of uh, Veterans Day, and I thought, are these call signs or the phonetic alphabet? So I looked it up, and Papa is part of the phonetic alphabet if you take away that second P. And then if you look up Roger without the D, it is part of the phonetic alphabet once upon a time because they actually replaced it with Romeo. But it was part of it and we know Roger that, right? Roger that. But if we put Papa Romeo, that wouldn't really sound good and it wouldn't be quite fitting, right? But Papa Roger is. So what are we left with? The initials are PR. Well, to me, there's two ways to look at that. PR as in doing public relations. Now get this, because I want to show you this. I find this very interesting. It says, why is it called PR? Public relations is the practice of managing and disseminating information from an individual or an organization, such as a business, government agency, or a nonprofit organization to the public in order to influence their perception. And what is he doing here? He's doing PR and he is uh, practicing of disseminating information from a group of people in order to influence their perception. What do you think about that? Let me know below. Also, I'm just gonna say this other one thing because I had this brought up to me yesterday, not by myself, but this person was writing the initials BK and then was writing the initials PR and when you look at that, it looks like BK with a little bit taken away, which is a little bit what we've taken away in Papa Roger. Take away the B, P and then take away the D, which is also PD. <laughs> we could do this all day, but 
It's very fascinating, I think. Now, we can strengthen this theory a little bit further, and here's why. In earlier news, we heard that Brian was a little bit of a rapper, although painful. And his name was XR, and it was taken from his email. X-R-E-X-X-A-R-R is simply the letter X and the letter R, which means two things when looking at that. It means extended reality, and you can read the information on that. Extended reality is an umbrella term encapsulating augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, and everything in between. And we heard in his Tapa talk in, I think it was 2011, um, he said that it was like a video game. So this is interesting, XR and this video game parallel or connection. So I think this is a hint or nod to the murders. I think this ties in. I think this could very well be Brian Koberger. I think that this PR is related to that profile pic. It's related to the military. I think the knife is also chosen. And I think this all ties in. I think he taunts. And I think this is dupers. And I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. If you'd like to see more of my videos, please subscribe below. Please hit that like button and please share this out to get it out to more people so I can keep creating videos. Check out my playlist here in the case and the last video I did right here. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon.